Has that changed anything? That idea. Have I gone higher or lower? I think you've gone higher. Like, you're in Hamian there, Hamian. What about now? Oh my god, it's a fucking, uh, I don't know. Who's, um... I, I, I nearly said Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby doesn't really have a, like, a low voice, does he? But... Is, uh, is it acts normal now? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> no. <laughs> what about now? Yeah, you're back to the world out, yeah. And this week I'm recording with fucking Brian Blessing. <laughs> right, anyway, come on, right, you ready? I'm ready when you are. <clears throat> All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of Doctor Who. Uh, as always, I'm Josh, and my co-host with me, as always, is Jack. Hi there. That was a cocked out intro right up, but we'll stick with it. Um, hopefully, this episode yeah. is going to be more interesting than the actual episode of Doctor Who. Uh, but Jack, what are your overall thoughts on the episode? <laughs> See, it's really funny you say that, because I really like this episode of Doctor Who. So I actually sat there and watched it on the train, and I'm glad I watched it on the train surrounded by people, because I've got to say... I thought it was a proper creepy episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked by that. I've always had this in my head as one of the more boring episodes of the first series. And to be totally honest, I was watching it and thought, this is nothing. This isn't really anything. Uh, before we dive into your thoughts in a bit more depth, shout out to our Instagram crew. We've got, uh, I'm just going to give a few quick shout outs. Marcus, the cardboard sculpture. He says it's Dickens quality, not suck dick quality. Uh, Evelyn Dark, she says it's Dickens quality. We've got Marcus Bosworth here, he says it's Dickens quality, and Cameron as well. So thank you guys for reacting to our post. Yeah. And then we also had a lovely message from somebody who, if I can remember correctly, is called. Bear with me just for a second. Uh, Hitting the real professionalism here, you know. We're, we're doing well. We're doing well. <laughs> Strawberry Lucy, she was very kind she said that it's a great idea she loves the podcast she's did a similar thing with her boyfriend recently so she said she's looking forward to seeing our thoughts and stuff so just on that guys we would love to hear more your thoughts so just write into us you can find us on instagram.poopod emails in there if you're watching on youtube like comment subscribe we'd love to hear from you but for now we're just hearing from you jack so you said you were happy you didn't watch it uh on your own so yeah like what did you think? You clearly liked the episode. Uh, yeah, no, I really did. Um, which is really weird to hear you say that you didn't like the episode. You thought it was one of the worst episodes of this season. And I was I was sitting there thinking, did we actually watch the same episode? But It's um, so boring, man. Nothing happens in it? it. No, no, it's good. I mean, the ending was a little bit rushed. It did seem like a bit of a cop-out right at the end. But the actual build-up like, throughout the episode, I thought was really good. It was, I'll give you... I, I, the... I was... Yeah, go on. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I thought it was quite a good episode. The intro, in line with the next time trailer from last week, was pretty terrifying, I'll give you that. I sort of couldn't really exactly remember what happened at first as well. Uh, straight off the bat, next snap, boom, love it. That's dark. Yeah. No, I agree. My, my, my first note is straight off the bat with the creepiness. It was yeah, yeah. straight away, Undertaker... You're in there, it's dark, it's gloomy, it's Victorian. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but Victorian times to me always seems very creepy. There's always like a kind of 
I don't know. It, it just, it, just anything to do with Victorian times. You're just like, oh, that's a bit creepy. You know, it just doesn't seem natural. And it, it, it did actually get me thinking, what now do we do that people in the future are going to go, that's really creepy, isn't it? Yeah, well, like she says when she has a flash forward thing, people moving in metal boxes. That was my Welsh accent. Um, but no, I think it's a yeah. I think it's a truly terrifying episode. I think the actual um, Victorian era is a period that does not interest me in the slightest. I think that's maybe why I have that disconnect with anything as well. Pride and Prejudice, and I can't think of anything else set in that time range. But it just bores me. I'm just not interested. But um, yeah, you get an actual crunching neck snap, which you don't get very often. And then you've just got no. the calmest of Welsh men. Just, oh no, another one. And he just gets on with it. I fucking love that hey, guy. I... <laughs> that was the thing. That exactly what I put down on my notes as well. It was just, he just goes, oh, not another one. And I'm like, how many <laughs> times has this actually happened before you consider it a problem? Because to me, like, you know, where I'm working in an office, you know, I'd say, oh no, you know, the printer's jammed or... The yeah, clock exactly, on cold or something. You know, exactly. it's not that one of my clients' mums has just got up out of a casket and just walked off before killing, yeah. you know, not before killing her son. And not just killing her son, like a brutal, as you say, it was a brutal neck snap. And it was just yeah. like, ouch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? No, you're right. You're right. I've, and I think he says later on, he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. I can get us an exorcism on the cheap. Like, I yeah. think I am this Welsh man. This guy is brilliant. Yeah, no, agreed. I, I, I wish all problems in life, I just had the, the kind of thought process of that Welsh man. You know, you just like, oh, no, my house has burned down. Oh, it's happened again. You know, oh, well, yeah, what a shame. We move I love, on. Like, oh, yeah, okay. the yeah. dead are walking. You know, it could be the apocalypse. This is probably some religious context here. And he's just like, well, we could save the world, but we try and keep costs down if we do, because like, yeah. Yeah, I relate to that, mate. Yeah, keep them costs down. Yeah, oh, look, you know, mate rates at an exorcism. <laughs> everyone needs a priest you know you, you, you know exactly. none of this like, oh, i've got a friend that's a plumber and electrician no 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 you need a man that you know that is an exorcist and he's just like yeah i'll do it for you on the cheap you know buy me a pint and a couple of packs of crisps you know yeah exactly would have come in uh handy on some of our hangover days as well i would imagine but um we haven't <laughs> spoken about it yet the opening titles jack what do you think of that flying through the vortex and the music swelling and the names flying what do you reckon you're right. We've we haven't because it's been all the same. The you know kind of the past two episodes as well. Um, I mean it's pretty iconic. The music itself is is pretty iconic. You know you could say even I knew the Doctor Who music. You know you you know, it's it's one of those things you hear that theme tune and anybody knows that's yeah. the Doctor Who theme intro. Um, now I, I've got to say that the time vortex, like kind of it actually going through the time vortex. Um, I, I think it's not a bad. I mean I'm no physicist. I did it at A level. <laughs> but um didn't, didn't do very well at it should be said but the uh, that's what i'm assuming <laughs> how are those cambridge like classes that you were doing yeah they, they went well they did they went really <laughs> really well but um but no like the, the thing is is you know you're in theory the time and light is bending around the tardis and it's moving through so of course as it's moving through it's bending it around so i'm assuming that if you was behind the tardis it would look like you're moving through like a you know kind of like a tube and yeah, I know. I'm guessing they probably got a few guys. They they picked the brains on and went. By the way, in theory, what do you think this would look like? Um, almost like uh, what Christopher Nolan did with Interstellar, with the black hole. You know when they go around the black hole. Uh, I actually haven't seen Interstellar. Oh my god! 
I know, I know. This, I think you've read way too much into this. Uh, I just, it's just traveling through a time portal. I don't know what, what's yeah. all this about, like bending and all this. You, bending you, light and you've time. Lost that's me. It. You've lost me. No, easy, easy. Simple physics. Well, I say simple <laughs> physics, but we, we haven't we haven't mastered those kind of physics yet. But they're theories. They're theories. But no, I, I've got to say it's uh, as you say, the music swells. You know, it, it kind of starts off quietly, and then by the end, you're like, you're almost raring to go with the episode. You're like, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, can imagine. Exactly. I'm sure. Did, I mean, do they stick with the same theme tune like throughout the seasons? Or there's, there's, uh, so like throughout uh, Russell's era, there's slight variations on it, and then it kind okay. of changes with Stephen Moffat, but it sort of stays the same. And again, it's just slight variations, and then it's a total rebrand for uh, the Chibnall era, which everybody likes. But anyway, one of the names that pops up is it's written by Mark Gattis, who. In future episodes, he comes up as an actor and as a repeat writer for the series as well. I okay. fucking love Mark Gattis. He's brilliant. Did you ever watch the Sherlock uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch, right? No, I never watched that. My, my favourite wow. Sherlock Holmes was, um, funny enough, as the Robert Downey Jr. one with the Guy Ritchie, the Guy Ritchie version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, very cool. With but, uh, Jude Law, yeah. With Jude Law, yeah. I do like those films. They're making a third one, right? I think that's just coming to... Apparently so. Yeah, apparently so. Anyway, so Mark Gattis wrote those Sherlock's with Stephen Moffat, which obviously everybody loved back in the day. Did you watch the new Dracula show that came out? He also wrote that with Stephen Moffat. He does some really good stuff. But I've gone through the episodes that he's written. One, two, uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, so he's written ten episodes. Okay. One of them is good at a push. It's not even that great. One of them is good. Yeah. He's not. Really? He doesn't do it for me. I really like him whenever he's an actor in Doctor Who. I really like all his other stuff. He, I don't think he knows how to work for Doctor Who. This is, for me, this is, this is subpar. This is not a good episode of Doctor Who. Interesting. I mean, I could try and, I mean, well, it's going to come up in the kind of the opening titles anyway that he, you know, he writes it, but it's going to be interesting to see because, as I say, I, I like this episode. So it's going to be interesting to see if future episodes he writes, you know, whether I like them or not. But whether, yeah, 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 whether they're up to your standard or not. Yeah, it'd be interesting. We'll keep an eye on that as you come on. Um, so yeah, so they 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 land the TARDIS. They're in. Uh, they're they're at Christmas for some reason. Yep. Even though I had to look it up, this episode aired the 9th of April. Right, I'm glad you said that because I actually put "Was this a Christmas special?" Yeah, yeah I sort of thought the like, same thing. Yeah, I was like, I mean, look, I know you can set, you know, you can set a, an episode any, you know, any time, and I suppose that's the point of Doctor Who—you can set it whatever time, whatever day. But it was a bit weird that they decided to do it at Christmas. I agree. What's the narrative sort of uh, reason behind that? I don't think there is one, right? Okay, you've got the yeah. Christmas Carol and the Charles Dickens. That will make sense, but it wouldn't have made a difference if you'd have sort of done it at any point in history right yeah no exactly exactly i mean yeah look, I, I, again i don't know if there was a christmas special in this season but you know surely you could have another episode where they go back in time and then have this one later on in the season as a christmas yeah, special because yeah, exactly. i my, one of my, my my final note for this episode was christmas carol because it to me it did remind me of christmas carol you know with charles dickens actually being scrooge where he's going through the streets and he's all happy and he's like, yep. you know, kind of, it, 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 he's kind of got that Christmas spirit back. And I was like, that would have been a really, really good Christmas episode, you know, especially as a, you know, for the first season, 
you going back to Charles Dickens, you know, Christmas Carol. That's that's perfect. That is Christmas there and then. I mean, you think of how many versions there are of a Christmas Carol? There's yeah. loads of them because that's your traditional Christmas story. But yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't really make any sense for me. I guess I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it was always planned to be a Christmas episode, and the scheduling changed. I don't know how these things work. Yeah. But what do you think of Charles Dickens? I thought it was, yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually had to look up because they made it very clear because they, they don't actually, the Doctor and Rose don't actually realise they're in Cardiff first. I can't remember where he says it, where he says he thinks they are. I, I oh, France was so, yeah, 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 something France. like that. Uh, no, something Naples, like that. that's it, Naples, wasn't that's it? That's it, he yeah, says yeah, Naples. Yeah. And, um, of course, straight away, when you hear the, the, the two with the Welsh accents, I'm like, that's not an Italian <laughs> not, accent. Like, yeah. you know, the, the BBC have messed this one up a little bit. And then it was like, no, we're in Cardiff. It's like, oh, okay, fine, fair enough. And I had to look up because they were very insistent that Charles Dickens was in Wales and everything like that. So, you know, I'm assuming there was some kind of record. So I actually looked it up. And oh. what's interesting is they say that they originally start off saying it's Naples nine, um, 1859. And I was like, oh, Charles, and it says Charles Dickens was never in, you know, kind of in Cardiff in 19, um, 1859. Yeah. And then they say, no, it's, it's, um, it's, it's Wales 1869. And he actually was apparently in Wales in 1869. He for covered, Christmas? Um, no, it wasn't for, uh, was it for Christmas? What did I put down? Uh, no, it wasn't Christmas when he was there. He he covered. I think there was a shipwreck off of the coast of uh, off the coast of Wales, and he covered it as like a kind of almost like a journalist piece. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, and then literally like a couple of months later, he he, he unfortunately passed away. But I, I really like that kind of attention to detail. That yeah, that's, no, uh, no, that's quite cool. You know, and that, that kind of almost takes me on to my next kind of point as well. Was because this is the first time they've gone in the past. Yeah, and. The doctor actually explains it further in the episode, but I, the question I put down was the butterfly effect. You know, the butterfly effect that yeah, if you yeah. kill a butterfly, it then snowballs and it goes in. And I'm sitting there thinking, is that going to be something they touch on, or are they just going to gloss over it and just hope that nobody, you know, noticed or anything like that? And they actually, he then explains that what you do in the like, if you change the past, it then like kind of affects the future. So it what if you go back, it you know whatever happened in the past always goes back to that future yeah yes <laughs> getting yeah we're verging on these sort of complicated oh, things now they, they sort Honestly. of they just sort of have not wave it away that it's um yeah you, know, it, you it, don't it, change too much and nothing will change it's, like. yeah it's the supposed to happen kind of thing so they're supposed to go back in time and things are supposed to happen that lead to the future so yeah i kind of like that i think i, I think it's quite a you know, interesting thing. I mean, it's the complete opposite of Back to the Future. You know, Back to the Future is the butterfly effect. You know, it is if you do something in the past that's different, it changes your future. But yeah, I, I think for for ease of kind of the audience and everything like that, I think that that's the better way to do it because it, it just avoids all this kind of complex parallels and, oh, this actually happened or this didn't happen and everything like that. So I, I thought, oh, okay, that's fair enough. But the interesting thing as well is because, of course, he's doing a reading, isn't he? She, the, the uh, old woman corpse goes to watch Charles Dickens do a reading. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did Dickens read his own plays? Is that how it was back in the day? You didn't have people I'm up there performing so. it? That seemed weird to me. Well, I'm assuming so. There was no cinema. You know, you couldn't go watch the latest thing in cinema or on the TV. Would it not be a play? I don't know. 
Uh, I mean, it, it could be, I suppose, if, you know, if, if you've got a playwright or something like Shakespeare, for example, we know that Shakespeare wrote plays and the plays were performed. But I suppose it might have been something. I mean, they they do um, they do book readings all the time. Even yeah, now, this is you know, true. you'll get an this author that will do a book reading. So I'm assuming it was like a special occasion kind of thing, and people pay good money because you could tell they looked like the posh Victorians, you know, with the tall hats and the moustaches and everything like that. You could tell they were the posh Victorians. So I'm assuming people yeah. paid good money to listen to Charles Dickens. But what was yeah, really interesting yeah. is, of course, I thought that they were going to start off with this was going to inspire a Christmas Carol. So did I, yeah. Even re-watching it, I was like, that must be where this is going. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, even in The Undertakers, I was like, oh, maybe that's going to be like the ghost of the Christmas past, like going to be a ghost of the Christmas past or something like that. But then, of course, he starts reading that Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, and I was like, I feel like they've missed one there. I feel like they've missed (laughs) an opportunity to go, that was what inspired Charles Dickens to write A Christmas Carol. But, yeah, no, I I think the actor that played um, Charles Dickens was... Uh, was very good. Um, I mean, you know, never met Charles Dickens myself. Don't know what he's actually like, but I feel like if, you know, if he was about to stay, he'd probably, probably be like that. So I love the actor, Simon Cannell. I think he's in like Four Weddings and a Funeral or something like that. But I really fucking think this uh, Dickens is so fucking boring. Uh, and, but there's an interview with the actor, Simon Cannell, and he's like, I desperately didn't want to do this. I kept on making really? them rewrite the script until it was like, until, because he's played Dickens hundreds of times on stage and films on TV. And he was like, the, the original script was so unfaithful. I had them to get them to rewrite it so that it would be more true to the, to the actual character. And I think that maybe did it a disservice to be fair. Cause it's, I found, I find him quite boring, you know? Yeah. But again, he's a, he's an author in the Victorian times. He's, yeah, but you know, where's your creative license? It's Doctor Who. It's not edutainment, which is what I feel like this is sometimes. This episode. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Well, I, definitely not when they're doing like the the exorcism or something. But um, true. I, I, just, I must. Yeah, I, I must say though, I love the bit with him and the Doctor in the carriage, and he's like, "Charles, oh, do you mind brilliant. if I call you Charles, uh, uh, Charlie?" And I'm Charlie, your biggest yeah, fan, yeah. and he's like, "What's a, how do you resemble a cooling machine and all this?" And that's. That's good yeah. stuff. That's good, Doctor. Well, the the, the 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 funny thing is, is of course because as as they're running out the theatre to to go to rescue Rose, of course Charles Dickens is very sceptical. He's like, oh no, it's all illusions, and he doesn't believe the Doctor and everything. And it does make me laugh because he mentions about the jumper as well. He's like, look, I've even changed the jumper. Yeah, Which yeah, I yeah, yeah, Really yeah. hilarious. It was just like brilliant. Like you know, I like that. But um, he, of course, Charles Dickens is very sceptical. The Doctor jumps in Charles Dickens's carriage, doesn't he? he, he yeah, like, doesn't oh, know his who's, Charles. Whose carriage is this? Yeah. And Charles Dickens is like, oh, it's mine. He's very sceptical. He's not going to let him go. And I, I just feel like the Doctor played it brilliantly because he knows the char- a man like Charles Dickens, of course, he's going to have an ego. You know, he, he knows he's an intelligent writer. He's a bestseller, everything like that. And I just put, he was just stroking the old ego. You know, it was just like, oh, I'm, I'm the biggest fan and I love this and I love that. And then suddenly Charles Dickens is like, right, follow that hearse. You know, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like the Doctor, I mean, I, I'm not saying for one second the Doctor wasn't a big fan, but I feel like he knew how to get him on board quickly you know? yeah um, no no I like that. That. and the, you know and the charlie thing oh i mean was he says that only the women call me charlie or something like that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and i i also like the bit where uh he knocks on the door and he hears a scream and he goes what the shakespeare is going on and i was like that doesn't yes. sound right and it's what the dickens is going on right that's what you'd say what the dickens yeah. apparently i had to google it to be fair but yeah, that, yeah i thought that was quite a funny little moment as well yeah 
See, it's good writing. I don't know what you was on about, but you don't like the writing in this one. It's clever. It's just, yeah, <laughs> some of the writing is okay. Um, right. So I want to jump ahead, if you don't mind, to the bit where Rose and Gwen are in the kitchen. By the way, I didn't realise Cassandra in the last episode, um, yeah. Zoe Wanamaker, uh, the actress, couldn't be there. Mm. She did all her lines in post-production and all that. And it was Gwen doing the voice for Cassandra on the day, which I thought was quite fun. Really? That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, what have I, what have we got? Uh, the only thing I'd say, like going, going back very slightly, yeah, yeah. Um, was, of course, the, the son of the woman who got up out of the casket and, and decided to go walk about. Of yeah. course, we know right at the start that he got his neck you know, pretty well snapped. And I've got to say, yeah. The Undertaker, he done a brilliant job of putting that one back together, didn't he? I know, yeah. How do you reckon he did that? Like, rods <laughs> up the back or something? Yeah. I was just, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, again, you know, it's a, he's technically a children's, you know, they, they, they're trying to, you know, make a, a general audience. So they're not going to have the, you know, kind of any like, um, you know, George Romero, like kind of gore yeah. or anything. But I was like, oh, he's done a good job of, repa- you know, kind of repairing that. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but no, the, the thing with the kitchen is interesting. Um, and in fact, I, the, there is a point I want to make just slightly before. Yeah, yeah. Because they're, they're in they're in what I'm assuming is the our equivalent of the living room, and the um, she she makes tea for everybody. Yes. And she hands she hands the saucer to the doctor with the yeah with the cup on it as well, and she says, "Oh, I've put two sugars in it." And the doctor kind of looks a little bit confused. And I was like, I wonder if she's also psychic because you get a little hint at her abilities when they're going through and, and the undertaker's like, look, where is she? Where is she? Just focus. Where is she? And I was like, I wonder if she's psychic. And then, of course, you fast forward to the bit where they're in the kitchen and when she's speaking with Rose and she reads Rose's mind and accesses her memories. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. And also <laughs> called the dead dad. I'm sure I called the dead dad in episode one. You did. You did call the dead dad, and hold Look on to that. that as well. Hold on to that as well. Yeah. As soon as soon as, as, soon as she was like, "Oh, like, I'm re- I think she was like, oh, I'm really sorry to hear about your dad or something like that," and she was like, "I didn't say that." Like, you know, I was like, "Called it." I knew I called it. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But hold yeah, no, that's that. very interesting. The cup and, of tea thing. You know, yeah. He uh, again, brilliant line, brilliant reaction, all that sort of stuff. However, and I went back and checked this. In the first mm-hmm. episode, Rose offers the doctor a cup of tea and he goes, milk, no sugar. So I'm just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Either she's not that yeah, good okay. a psychic or continuity. Yeah. Well, or, or a third possibility in the fact that maybe she can't actually read the doctor properly. Oh, I like because that. He, he's not human, is he? He's an alien. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good you point. Know. Could could be could be a third thing, but probably a continuity error though. I'm not gonna lie. But um, <laughs> so yeah, that yeah. that scene in the kitchen with Rose and Gwen is brilliant. So this, so they obviously they mentioned the rift a couple of times. This comes mm-hmm. up big time in Doctor Who in the future. Uh, actually, yep. in the next in this series and in the next series, is it's a massive playing point throughout Russell's uh, show, and also the spin-off series Torchwood is based entirely around the rift. Like this is such I didn't realize how much well we're only three episodes in and the amount of repeat yeah. characters we've got the amount of repeat plot threads that are being introduced like they really lay the groundwork in this series for the next well, sort of this, five series yeah. and spin-off shows it's mad I, I could see that because they mentioned the rift was caused by the time war they were displaced by the time war exactly yeah which comes so, around massively in the 50th yeah absolutely mate yeah, yeah. a lot of foreshadowing so, yeah. in this bit 
Yeah, I, I think the only the only thing I put down because it was a very uh, like it, it, I suppose it was to show that times have changed and you know kind of the whole idea of women they're not just servants in a kitchen and everything like that you know it's to show it's almost Rose giving hope to you know to um is it Gwyneth did we say it was was it yeah Gwyneth? yeah yeah it's it's almost like her giving her hope for the future you know you're not always going to be a servant you're not always going to be answering you know kind of answering to and everything like that you know you, you you've got a future um but the only thing i thought though is you, everyone learned about the victorian times in school you know you you knew you you know what the victorian times are and it just like rose was surprised she was like oh i didn't realize you get paid like a pound a month <laughs> yeah like, yeah surely you would have known that you know you would have read charles dickens in school or you would have done a you know even if you did a school play on you know in primary school or something like that you would have you would have looked into the victorian times oh they used to work in workhouses and orphans and you know all, all that stuff like surely she would have known about that and she shouldn't you know if i went back in the victorian times and i was having a conversation with someone like that i'd be you'd have an understanding you'd be like oh yeah no of course yeah. i remember like things you know times have changed for, for the better may i add but um but yeah it was, that was the only thing i didn't like about that conversation it just rose was very naive on that yeah uh, no i hear but, I, like you can't blame men for their hands having a wonder back in the day oh honestly that, <laughs> it's just the fact that the doctor laughed at it as well and i was just like Oh, that's probably not going to be, you know, if that happened now, Twitter, I'm sure Twitter would have something to say about that one. Agree, but, um, agree completely. There's actually a few yeah. PC moments in this series I hope you're going to pick up on because, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's very 2005, though. Isn't it? Yeah, touching up girls is fine. Yeah. Let's laugh at it. Yeah, it was like, oh, that one's, uh, you know, kind of, it was almost like a, like, you kind of like a physically like winced on the train. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's not. That that wouldn't be written like you know they they wouldn't have directed Christopher Eccleston to laugh at that thing. Just, yeah, like, yeah it, it exactly. It would be more like you know, kind of they'd have written on the script. You could see it now. Cross out laugh and just put show shock. Or something yeah, exactly. Like that. Yeah, yeah. Punch <laughs> him in the face or something. Like yeah, that. exactly, yeah. exactly. But um, but yeah. So then of course they decided to do a, uh, a seance. Yeah, I have which, a question um, on this. The doctor oh, says a joke about I love a happy medium, and Rose laughs and. I don't yeah. get it. What's a happy medium? Right. So a, me a medium is a, um, well, you know, a medium is in like, you know, kind of it's like the, the bit in between. Yeah. But a medium is also someone like uh, Gwyneth that can like kind of access, um, you know, apparently they can access like, you know, spirits from beyond and everything like that. So they act as like a conduit. So they're called a medium. Yeah, I got that. But what's the happy, happy medium? A happy medium. It's like a compromise. You say, "Oh, it's, it, we'll find a happy medium." Oh, but right. Okay. It'll, okay. You okay. A compromise. So it's it's a quite it's quite a clever pun. But, um, right. Yeah. Got you. Got you. Seance. So a, a very interesting thing. I suppose it's the logical thing to do if there's a, a spirit floating around the house or something. But yeah, I mean, it, again, it's that I think was the first time that Charles Dickens then started to believe that everything wasn't smoke and mirrors, which. Again, you can see from the fact from the start he wasn't willing to participate, and then by the end he's like, "Wow, this is incredible." Um, which again, it's a pivotal point in the story. It's that flipping of a character that's a non-believer into a believer. Um, yeah. And again, it's he always comes at it from a science perspective, and the solution, funny enough, to the spirits is science. You know, it's science-based. Flood the house with gas. That's, yeah, that was a know. nice payoff. To be fair. 
Yeah. So um, the the only other thing I put as well was, of course, there was five of them, and there's an overhead shot they do, and they're all like holding hands, and it's of course the five not points of a star, kind of a pentagram kind of thing. Oh, uh, okay. I like that. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah. It just picked up on it. I was like, well, you know, and then, of course I had to then count back and I was like, right, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a pentagram. But um, <laughs> yeah, again, I suppose it's just something that was a coincidence, but it's a nice touch, you know, it's especially for that thing. But um, yeah, like yeah, that. I don't have any there. I, this bit was all, I, I totally lost interest by this point. This all sort of washed over me now, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. I don't the, the, the seance wasn't actually all that it was only a couple of minutes i mean it was uh, it was obviously there to show that there was more than one and to kind of it's, it's almost like an introduction you know they wanted to introduce them and and show that they're not actually even though they are to us as ghosts they're actually um what, how did they describe it was it like projections from the other side of the rift or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah. projections from the other side of the rift i just it's just all sort of it just doesn't matter. It doesn't feel important. I do like the idea of them lying to the doctor, being like, the time war destroyed our planet. We need to come through. There's just a couple of us, you know, help us, please. And yeah, he obviously yeah. feels that guilt because of the time war. And then having that twisted to be like, no, haha, we're coming through. We're populating everybody. We need to kill everyone. Second neck snap in this episode, by the way. I'm fucking all for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I like the idea, didn't like the execution. No, I mean it was quite it was quite funny because I, I knew they were going to turn evil as soon as the big uh, blue figure then went to like ready orange. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay, it's an evil figure there, you know. Oh dear. Um, but yeah, it was interesting because of course, obviously, uh, you know, I know that the, there is a time war, but I've got no idea what it's about or anything like that. But it's obviously it, it's blindingly obvious that it's something that the doctor is almost I, I want to say embarrassed about. Yeah, you know, it's it's something that he shies away from. And of course, in the previous episode, Rose is pressing him, Rose is pressing him, and he won't say anything about it. And of course, it's interesting because it reaffirms that, you know, he's willing to go against his logic to almost make amends for what happened in the time war. So obviously he did something or didn't do something that resulted in everything going sideways. But of course, what that was, no idea, you know, no idea. Yeah, mate, it's brilliant. And this is stuff that doesn't get a payoff for like, I think about seven, seven or eight years, I think, before we get all this paid wow. off. I know, man, it's a, it's a story a fucking long time in the, in the making. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I, I love stuff like that. I love that it's laying the groundwork. But yeah, I also love his line, now I'm going to die in a basement in Cardiff. That was brilliant. Yeah, it feels like they. I've got no idea reason. Like, yeah, no idea why they're knocking wows, but it almost seemed like <laughs> Cardiff was the butt of the joke. And I'm like, oh, I've been to Cardiff once or twice. I think it's not a bad place. I wouldn't say it's the worst place I've been. I mean, hell, you know, I live around the corner from Basildon. You know, it's, um, but, <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck it out. Yeah, Jesus yeah, Christ. Like, you know, um, but I, I just, you know, obviously seemed like it was like the butt of the joke or something. So obviously, back in 2005, maybe Cardiff wasn't wasn't all that, but. I yeah, think no, it's more that the budget was so low. They had that, like their filming studios are in Cardiff. So I think it's a ah. bit of an in-joke towards that. Yeah, like they, well, okay, we couldn't afford to record in London or go off and travel. Like we couldn't afford to do this episode in Naples. We've got to do it in Cardiff. So let's take this got out. This Cardiff, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's quite interesting. Um, it also, of course, led to a very, very interesting debate between the Doctor and Rose. 
And again, I think it shows the humanity, not you know, kind of the, the side of humanity and the side of logic. Because it, I, I put a note down about interesting debate. Is it a corpse or is it a donor? Yeah. Yeah, because Rose he mentions like, the whole donor card thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's an interesting debate because you, both of them are right. You know, it's a corpse. It's someone that's lived. You know, they, 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 you know, they deserve rest and everything like that. But at the same time, though, the doctor's right. You know, you don't sit there and go, well, I can't, you know, kind of nick this kidney from this person because he's, yeah, he, he was yeah, a person. Exactly. You know, so it's a very, very interesting debate. And to be honest, I'm not actually sure what side I'm on. No, I hear you. I sort of, yeah, it's difficult because you wouldn't want to watch someone, you know, in your dead partner or your mum and dad or, your, you yeah. know, anyone in your family. But then at the same time, they're done with it. Why not just let them use it? Well, that's it. And people people become organ donors because they want to, uh, you know, they want to help somebody else's life. So, you know, I mean, we, we then find out that they're evil. But of course, at the time, it's like, well, actually, these people could be, you know, almost like refugees or something. You know, it's it's like, oh, are, are you actually helping, you know, helping them? But I suppose the answer is, would you ever would you ever have a donor card? I don't actually have one, but I think I saw somewhere that they said it's now mandatory or something like that. Oh, do you have any objections to like your body being donated for science? But I'm not using it, so well, doesn't doesn't make a difference to me. But yeah, I, I just yeah, you know, I can pick the bones out of it once I'm done with it. You know, um, <laughs> quite literally pick the bones out of it. But um, yeah, no, I, I don't have any objection really. It's just it is what it is. You know, as I say, as you say, you know, they're not using it anymore. You know, you might as well if you can help somebody out, you might as well do it. Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that. I mean, yeah, I mean, I probably wouldn't want my body donated to science. Actually, there's actually really? my biggest fear. Right, I think I've mentioned this to you before. Is that your body, like you, stay conscious after you die, right? And it's actually an episode of Doctor Who. This happens. So there's like a, you know, a guy is being cremated, and you hear him in the afterlife screaming as he's being burned and all Ooh. that sort of stuff. Yeah, that's my biggest. Fear. So I don't think I would. Selfishly, I don't think I would donate my body to science. But you wouldn't want to see how somebody else lived. Like you know, if your liver's in someone else, you could go around and just follow them around. Like you know, you know, like in Among Us, you know, when you die, you, yeah. you can do you, you can you can float around and you can haunt your you know kind of your killer. You could do that. I, could do that. I don't like anyone enough to haunt them, Jack. That's the thing. <laughs> Please start dying, yeah. get a bit of peace and fucking quiet. I hope. Yeah, you can just um, haunt uh, an old house or something, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. The last um, note yeah. I really have, unless you've got anything else to add, is uh, the doctor obviously says, I won't leave her while she's in danger. I think referring to mm-hmm. Gwen. Um, yep. And then he just does, which you kind of love. He just, well, yeah, uh, fuck it. I'm going to let her sacrifice, sacrifice herself for me. I'm more important than her. I'll go on and save more lives. This is her time to shine. And that sort of comes up a quite a few times in Doctor Who, to be fair. But I think that's quite okay. an interesting sort of character development. I, you know, he was well, willing to let Cassandra rip herself to shreds in the last one. He's willing to let this woman sacrifice herself in this one. Yeah, I, the, the, the only thing I saw with that, because it was very interesting, because it almost seems when they're, when they're locked in that kind of um, small cellar room and they've got the corpses coming through, um, it, it, to me, it almost seemed like he was scared of dying. And it was like, yeah. well, that's yeah. really interesting because that was the first time we've ever, you know, even even when they were on board the space station last episode, there was never any shred of, oh, I'm scared, I'm going to die. It was just like, right, I'm going to sort this out. I'm going to do this. We'll do this. And, yeah, we'll be in time. You know, and, yeah, we'll be at home in time for tea. 
Yeah, um, whereas yeah. this, it was like it was almost like you know you could see he was he was almost scared of dying. It was like okay, that's interesting. But the only thing I thought about him letting Gwyneth like sacrifice herself to to save the rest was, I, I, and again, you know, you'll probably laugh, but. I did sit there and think, actually, I wonder if he was supposed to make a sacrifice in this time war. And he didn't. And then he's giving someone else the opportunity to make the sacrifice because he knows that they would, you know, for them, that that would that would be better rather than them not making the sacrifice and then living on. Mate, I like the I like the train of thought. Yeah, it's actually right. it's not miles off in the slightest. Yeah, you know, like Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump. You know, he's just like, oh, leave me be, leave me be. And then, like, Forrest rescues him, and then he's in the hospital eating ice cream. You know, like, that <laughs> kind of thing. You know, he wanted, like, the, the, the doctor needed to make a sacrifice. He didn't, and he regrets not making that sacrifice. So he doesn't want to stop somebody else making a sacrifice because he knows they'll regret it. Interesting. I, 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 so as not to spoil anything, I actually think it's the reverse. I think... Oh really? <laughs> with like seven or eight years fucking hindsight, he does make a, a a big sacrifice. And what I'm sort of getting from this series is that it looks like he fucking regrets it and he's trying to make up for it. And he's scared to make that sacrifice again, is what I would say. Interesting. So okay. it, yeah. it genuinely feels like he's sort of skirting responsibility. Um, mm. If you sort of come back and look at it in hindsight, but let's try not to yeah. spoil anything for you, JP. Yeah, no, that's it. We'll we'll keep rolling. But yeah, as I said earlier, earlier this episode, I I did think it was a bit of a a rushed ending. It was like they yeah. kind of realised that oh, we've only got forty, you know, kind of forty minutes or forty five minutes, and they looked at the thing and they're like, oh, we've already done like you know thirty five minutes. Quick, we need <laughs> to end it. And it was just like, oh yeah, we blow up the house at the end. And it was just like, uh, to me, I felt like they they really really built the episode in, you know, with the old woman going up the mystery. With the uh, with Gwyneth being you know particularly psychic as well, and it was like yeah this is really really good, and I actually thought that they were going to do it as a two part episode because I know you said there were two part episodes yeah and I sat there and I thought I mean it's only yeah it's only episode three so it seems a bit early to do a two parter but I was like oh okay maybe they're going to do a two parter they're going to almost end it on a cliffhanger and then they'll come back and, and and you know kind of finish the finish the the story in the next episode but. Yeah, it was just very rushed at the end. And I can see why, you you know, you, you think the writing's a bit naff on this one because it was a bit like, you know, kind of just waved the magic wand and, oh, by the way, all the corpses and the ghosts are, are dead. Happy days, you know. Mate, it's really funny you say that because everything I've been reading up, because I sort of, I've been going off doing a little bit of research into these episodes mm-hmm. before, watching these first three episodes in particular, they were struggling to fill the full 45 minutes. So with episode one, that's why they added... The next time trailers in because they were like that will fill up some time yeah. episode yeah. two you know that weird blue janitor character that gets dragged into the spiders yep yep she wasn't in the script at all they finished the entire thing we're like shit this only comes in at 40 minutes let's add this character and this scene in here so that will fill up some screen time and same thing with this this is the only series i think with or this is the series that has the most episodes coming in at like 42 43 minutes something like that uh, really yeah I, I yeah just, i don't know it, it just seemed a bit rushed like i feel like they could have had a little bit more you know because it was almost like they left charles dickens alone while he ran upstairs but they were interested in rose and the doctor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i hear that he just sort of disappears for a while doesn't it yeah and, and you know that they're going after randomers because he kills the under they, they kill the undertaker don't they, they, they yeah they kill exactly him and then they take over his corpse so i was like 
That's a, it just almost seems like it was a convenient plot point that they left Charles Dickens alone to run upstairs and then play <laughs> with the gas lamps and then go, oh, actually, that's a great idea. Well, it's um, just blowing yeah, it up. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's, really, that's really interesting. I don't know. Who, who uh, knows? Who knows? But yeah, no, I, I didn't think it was a bad episode. Um, and we'll we'll go on to the whole rating thing. I love the episode. Interesting. Sure I know what you're going to say. Yeah, I'm going to say I hate it. I'm going to say yeah. I, I hate it. I wouldn't watch it again in a hurry. It's interesting because I started this off. We're only at episode three, and I started it off saying there's not a bad episode in this series, and yeah. uh, there are. I think what I meant is there's not a bad cat, like especially the Doctor and Rose. The Doctor is on point throughout this and throughout every episode. But yeah, this episode really let me down. And I've sort of snuck ahead as well. I looked, I, I haven't watched them, but I looked at some episode titles. There's still some that I find incredibly boring in this series coming up. I won't tell you which ones. Um, okay. I'll see if you pick up on it. But um, yep. yeah, I'm starting, I'm glad I'm doing this because I'm starting to think, actually, yeah, is this, is this great? Is this great? Christopher Eccleston, great. Yeah, no. Rose, great. The character's great. But this episode, let it down for me. Yeah, no, I, I loved it. I think even though my, my gripe of the, the ending seemed a bit rushed, I still thought the, the overall episode I thought was pretty good. So just the only kind of little gripe I had about the actual writing of the episode and the story was just the end part. I just thought it was a bit rushed. Yeah. It's, um, but Fair yeah, enough. so it's interesting because then, of course, that takes us on to next time, as you said, about the, you know, they bolted it on the end to <laughs> yeah, pat the episode out. Well, just um, before we only... jump there, Jack, oh, God. Uh, God. did you spot the Easter egg this episode? I'll give you a clue. Two mentions, technically. What did I put? Hold on a minute. I'm sure my notes are for Easter egg. No, I I thought the time war, the mention of the time war, I thought that was the Easter egg. Uh, they, to be fair, time... yeah, I mean, yeah. the time war is like the running theme throughout the next sort of five But there's a series-specific Easter egg, something that's building up, and not necessarily building up, but the seeds are being laid for a reward in this series finale, and it's not the time war, I'm afraid. Not the time war because the because I thought because you you said last like last week's episode that you said it wasn't in season one, but it was in uh, sorry it was in episode one but it was in episode two and it was in episode three, and of yes. course they mentioned the time war is in, in episode two so I was like brilliant could be the time <laughs> you know but obviously not okay so we we keep watching and we'll see we keep watching yeah we had it twice in this episode yeah. I'd actually forgotten the second time not a technicality but uh, yeah. yeah okay we move forward we move forward episode four let's see if yeah. you can get it in episode four. Which is a two-parter. What did you think of the next time? I'm assuming this is talk. Is is this talk? Because of course, there's guys, you know, very official government-looking guys with guns and you know body armor and everything like that. And it just again, it seems like I, I don't know where in the world, like oh, sorry, where in the world, where in the timeline this is set. Because part of the thing they show a spaceship crashing through Big Ben. Yeah. It's like, right, okay, well, obviously, this can't be in the past because, you know, it would have, you know, the whole loop thing and everything like that. But at the same time, though, it's like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Whereabouts is this set? Um, but the, the the biggest takeaway I've got from, from next week's episode is it looks like Mickey's back. Mickey is back. Yeah, Mickey's back. Which... Can we talk about how sick that effect of the alien crashing through Big Ben is, by the way? Oh, yeah. The I, I've got to say, it, it does look pretty good, actually. It I is mad, isn't it? Good. Yeah, well, no. I. Yeah really really like the next episode the next two-parter 
Um, okay. I think it's top quality Doctor Who. Just to spoil it a little bit for you in sense of like what to expect in terms of like, it's not very well regarded as an episode, I don't think. Uh, really? But it's got okay. a real, I've got a real soft spot for it. So just go in with that. It's not, yeah, it's been, uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, there's a few things in it that are fucking ridiculous. And then there's a few things in it yeah. that are fucking amazing. So I'm, I'm okay. really excited. I think if you're up for it, let's do next week. Obviously, it's a two-parter, so let's do it as yep. one episode, I think, because I don't know if there'll be enough yeah. stories to talk about to drag it out over two episodes. I also think it's supposed to be watched in one go as well. I think that's the yeah, point of the just, story. So, um, yeah, no, I agree. I'm assuming they did it that way to, you know, they could be doing it that way to pad the season out as well. But I think if it's <laughs> two-parts, I'm, I'm happy to go going forward. We'll go, if it's a two-part or a three-part, we'll, we'll do it in one episode and we'll cover it. Um, yeah no yeah. i agree with you i agree with you but yeah no looking forward to that one uh any other notes you've got on this episode or the next time jp no that's it really i'm excited the mickey's back i mean going, going <laughs> back to my thing of i'm not sure when it's set you know kind of when in time it's set i'm assuming it must be set you know at the time that rose disappeared um because of course mickey hasn't aged but you never know you, you just don't know with with uh with next time traders they can be deceiving yep you're absolutely right no mate i think uh It'll be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'll, I'll probably watch it quite early this week, actually. So if you're about yeah. to record oh, a bit earlier, a, let's just knock it out. Move. Yeah, that's a risky move. You just don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. You know, I mean, like I, I have to write the note. Like, I have to write notes down because I've got a memory like a sieve at the moment. Yeah, I'm doing the like, same thing. To be fair, I'm going along. First time I've ever sort of watched it and actually taken yeah. notes and stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get it done and we'll be out next Friday. So yeah, listen, guys, thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We're getting quite, we're about a hundred. Uh, we've got about a hundred listeners. We've got about a hundred followers on the Instagram Brilliant. now. Uh, keep on writing to us. We want to hear your thoughts. If you've got anything you want us to discuss about uh, aliens in London and World War Three, write to us, let us know. But yeah, if you're listening on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, leave us a review on your local podcaster of choice and recommend us to your friends. We appreciate it a lot. Yeah, no, really appreciate all the comments and the uh, questions that Josh said. Any questions, anything you want us to discuss about Doctor Who, you know, fire them to by email, Instagram, or a comment. We'll pick it up and we'll discuss it next episode. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, appreciate your time. Cheers, guys. Adios, amigos.